Hey everybody, it's time for another Steven Show. Let's do this. That's right, party people. This guy right here got to see Star Wars. But we're not going to talk about Star Wars right now. Oh, no. We'll save that for later because if you want my spoiler-free review, I will tell you now, spoiler-free, that it was amazing. It felt like Star Wars, like the Star Wars we all wanted back in 1999 when Episode One came out. This felt like that Star Wars. And that's all I nearly need to say. To make you go, oh, holy crap, Steven, Steven thinks Star Wars was awesome. And I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. Like, I didn't I didn't land in Star Wars till I was 13 because of the re-release in 1997. So I guess I was 12. You know, but that that was really enough. You know, I mean it it wasn't it wasn't everybody's 1977 Star Wars, but for me, being introduced to it at that time, because I couldn't get into it before then for whatever reason. I, I ran into friends who loved it, took me to the 1997 thing. I was like, okay. I'm in Star Wars is awesome. So that this was a this was a return to form. This felt like it should. But we can we can wait because there are some things I want to talk about in regards to this movie that are spoilerish, but I'll save those to the end because that's what you do. You save them to the end, you tell everybody, "Hey, the show's over for the most part. Go ahead and turn it off." But we'll we'll wait. So, you know, let's do, let's get to to what's going on with me. In my world, and what what all I'm doing and working on and having fun with, um, one thing that uh, that is pretty big right now. I'm working on a new project, and that project has been in the works for a couple months. It was an idea that me and Ashley came up with, um, where it started as, "Hey, we should do a blog where we write. We we write things with each other. You know, you write a story, I write a story. That way, we're always writing and we're doing something cool." And I was like, "That's a brilliant idea." Um, in in introduce Stephanie to the idea and she says you guys should just call that two dorks in a story and I was like two dorks and story that's brilliant that's the best thing ever because we're two dorks right like just two dorks who do stuff and um I I kind of feel I don't know if I should feel bad about it I I sort of feel bad about it but I kind of hijacked the idea and I was like ooh, what if we put two dorks over top of horseshoes and hand grenades over top of some other things that we've got in the in the frying pan, and and we put it over this writing blog, and then Two Dorks becomes kind of our our brand, our official brand of humor and things that we do, and and me and Ashley and what we're up to, and you know start including other people like Jacob involved and and Stephanie. We want to get her involved in one of these things we're working on. So I thought, man, Two Dorks is an awesome name for that. So enter today, and we have. The early, early workings of a fantastic <laughs> brand of stuff, and and that that is on uh, like if you if you want to, I don't know if we're gonna keep it. So here's the thing: in the past, we've had very bad luck with forums. You know, places people go and post messages or videos or pictures or whatever. We've had really bad luck with those, and it's I don't know why. It just seems like people don't stick around them very long. I'm I'm as guilty as anybody else. Um, but so so we. We created a forum, twodorks.net slash forum, if you want to go there and sign up, if you're interested, and you can post whatever, and we're going to talk about, you know, the shows and uh, games and movies coming out and whatever other dorky stuff that everyone's into. Um, 
so we have that there, but the big thing that we're doing is we're going to move all of our streaming, which includes Horseshoes and Hand Grenades live when we get to do it, which is ugh, constantly up in the air. Um, we're going to be moving that over to Twitch. So Twitch will be the home for everything that you find two dorks, and you'll find that at H or at twitch.tv slash two, the number two, uh, two dorks TV. And that will stream everything. I'll start streaming the Steven show. I just don't have um, a really nice overlay and stuff for it yet. But I'll start streaming that, you know, just so I have it recorded and put it on YouTube, where you'll also find us. Uh, so if you search for Two Dorks on YouTube, you should be able to find our channel. Because we don't have enough videos and enough followers yet, we can't create a custom um, URL. So you can't just go to youtube.com slash Two Dorks TV. But we're going to get there. That's going to happen. I don't know why, because Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, we were able to have it, and we don't have that many followers on on our YouTube channel. But you'll find, like, under the Two Dorks channel, you would find your um, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades. You'll find when I'm doing The Adventures of Steven. Which the Adventures of Steven was super fun. I did it for the first time this past week, and I had I played The Secret of Monkey Island on <laughs> on Twitch. And I had myself in the little quarter, and I was playing this awesome adventure game and providing my own commentary as we were going along. And I had a really good time. So that's going to become a, a normal thing, because I, I had a blast with that. And not to mention wanting to stream other stuff. I know Di- um, Ashley and Jacob stream Diablo, so they'll be doing that, and you'll find those videos on YouTube also. So everything will go through Two Dorks, and then everything will be flooded to the YouTube channel, so you can watch it there if you're watching it later. And it, that's, I mean, I'm pretty excited about that. Eric Webb, oh my goodness, ericwebbgraphics.com made us the most amazing art. Like, the guy, the guy really knows what he's doing. He's He made us... Um, Art that just really brings out the fun of two dorks, and I, it's just a logo right now. And but it's a very versatile logo, and it's fun, and it looks like something that I would want to see on a on a channel. And it's got a lot of options that we can do with it. So I'm really excited about that. We're branding that across everything too. So I don't know where it's all going to go, but it's something I'm really excited about. And I'm trying not to do my normal thing where I get really obsessed and excited about something, and then it doesn't pan out how I wanted it to, or I start going, eh, maybe it's cool, maybe it's not, who knows. So I don't want to get there. I really want to enjoy what it is and, and have a blast with it. So um, that's that's what's going on right now with me. So I'm trying to think of some other stuff. Oh, I learned this tidbit. I have one other thing that's really big and life-changing in the, in the fryer, in the fire, in the fryer. I don't know what you say. <laughs> what I've got it in the on the back burner. Why does everything have to do with cooking? So it's it's back it's back there hanging out. I'm not ready to talk about it yet, but it's it's a big thing for me, and I, I, I'm really anxious about it. Um, not in the sense that that I'm not excited, but in a sense that I it's the unknown, and I unfortunately. I'm generally afraid of the unknown. I like to know what's coming. When I'm taking a test, I like to. I wish I knew what the questions were ahead of time so I could be ready for them. Um, I don't know where that comes from, but that this particular thing led me to another particular thing, which led me to another particular thing. I found out. So Ashley did some research on something. I don't know how she found it, but apparently there's a thing called imposter syndrome. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but it primarily shows its ugly head. In women and minorities, people who have generally been told that they are not good enough or should not be doing the things they're doing, you know, just historically. Um, but every now and then, and more often than you probably think, it pops up in, in people like just normal white men. <laughs> um, so I was 
I was talking to actually talking to Stephanie about it because I have a tendency to downplay um, my skills and my abilities. I just don't. I don't tend to flaunt them. I don't use them as like. I don't tell people I'm the best at this or I'm great at this or that. Like, and you you call it you would call it humble or hum- humility, but at some point it's not humility anymore because you actually don't don't think you're doing the best or you're not the best at at the thing that your your job is or where your passions guide you you're you're trying to say i you know i don't know everything about it and uh, you know you you and what it does is it makes it very difficult to have interviews for instance let's just say you you interview for somebody and you constantly find yourself trying to make it sound better than you yourself think it is like a project you did or something you try to make yourself sound better than you think it was but then you find yourself trying to overcompensate by convincing people that you are sincere because you don't feel like they would think you're sincere and all this comes from the the thought that i am going to get found out i am i i'm not as good as these people think i am they're going to find out that i'm some sort of i'm not as good as i'm talking about i'm not i'm not what i say i am and that's what imposter syndrome comes from and so I was like, everybody's got like self-confidence problems from time to time. Like that's self-confidence is an, is an issue. And I'm like, generally that's a problem for me. But it, it, the, the, when you can name something, you can expose it for what it is and hopefully deal with it better. So I looked at it a little bit and then I caught myself going down the highway the other day, literally telling myself that I was going to, they were going to find out I didn't know what I was doing. And I, I stopped and I thought, holy crap. That's exactly what the imposter syndrome is. That's exactly what the thing said. Because I, I had kind of downplayed that even, and I was talking about, you know, oh, well, everybody wants to put a name on something, hypochondria, you know, you read about it on the internet, and all of a sudden you have it. So I was like, that's, I, I can't be that easy. I don't have this imposter syndrome, or I'm, I'm not going to tell myself I have it, because that's just me buying into whatever level of, of, uh, hype i've built it up for myself i'm I'm not hype i don't have imposter syndrome then going down the highway i realized i just told myself that i was going to get found out that somebody was going to found find out that i didn't know what i was doing i do know what i'm doing (laughs) that's the problem is you you do know what you're doing and you're you you your logical part of your brain says you do but this other part comes in to the side and says you have no idea like you you are just flying by the seat of your pants all the time and it, what it, what happens is it's just hard for you to internalize your own achievements. You can't take those things that you've done, bring them into yourself, and accept that you actually did them and you are actually good at what you're talking about doing. You're actually good at the job you did. You you are successful. Like <laughs> there are successes in your life that you're unwilling to acknowledge that they were impressive or that they were something that you you can be proud of. And I don't know I don't know where that comes from, but. Uh, that's that's where so I I'm, I'm trying to figure out how how if if I do have this this imposter syndrome this inability to recognize my own achievements because there are places where I'm very confident until I start to talk to someone who I perceive knows more than me and when I perceive that they know more than me I clam up and I stop suggesting that I know what I'm doing 
I can't be on the same level playing field. I look at them and I place them on a pedestal and I decide they are better than me. I will stop saying things and just learn from them and try to do as well as they are doing rather than accepting that myself, I have good ideas. I mean, I found this when I was, um, I mean, Jacob listens to the show, but like when I was helping Jacob with the audio, like as we went along, I was like, oh crap, do I actually know how to fix this audio? Do I know what I'm doing? I will sit at my desk by myself and I will fix any kind of problem I've got, any kind of audio issue. I will find the source of the problem and solve it. But sitting with someone else, it becomes, oh, they're going to find out I don't know what I'm doing or they're going to think I don't know what I'm doing. And it all falls apart. Like my, it, it completely crumbles because I'm just I'm convinced that, oh, no, I'm having to think about this. Therefore, it looks like I don't know what I'm, I'm doing. And it's probably true. So I'm trying to figure out how to deal with that. That's a that's a that's a heavy topic for today, but it's a topic that this show's purpose is to try and work through these things. So I'm trying to figure out how to how to get past it. And some people suggest writing down your achievements, writing down the things you're good at, and convincing yourself that you are good. And it it what it does is it kind of gives you like pushes those out of your system. You you say like I completed this project, I completed this thing, I did really good here, I solved this issue, I've figured this thing out. And it, it helps you to figure out that you, you do know what you say you know. You do know what you're doing. I mean, it, people as famous as Maya Angelou um, had this. Once said, you know, every time I write something, I feel like they're going to find me out. They're going to find out that I don't know how to write. You know, this is somebody who's, like, published and well-respected and was still finding themselves like, I don't know what I'm doing. I, don't, I can't possibly be this good. And it, it really is affected by people who have things that come naturally. Like for me, the computers and stuff, I just naturally am good at absorbing the information. But since it's not as challenging, it feels like I should, I should not be as good as I as I am, or I am not worthy of it. You know, if is because you see people that work really hard for stuff, and you're like, oh, they worked really hard; they must be better. It's not necessarily the case. There's lots of people out there who don't even have to try, and they're just really good at things. But we always find ourselves the things that we're really good at, the things that we don't have to try at. We don't, we don't. Uh, we don't put them in the place that they should be. We, we decide that we want to do something else that's more challenging. I knew a guy who was an amazing artist, but he didn't really do the art. He just kind of put it away because he wanted to chase other pursuits. And it was like, you, you're you amazing at this. Why not pursue this? But it, for whatever reason, when things come easy, we don't, we don't see it. We don't see the value in it. So it's really interesting. But anyway, moving along, let's talk about something fun. Let's talk about Star Wars. So you, ladies and gentlemen, if you've not seen Star Wars, I've given you 15 minutes of show content. I hope you've enjoyed. Um, if you're not afraid of spoilers, like, there's some pretty epic ones. Like, I mean, there's some, and this isn't a spoiler in itself, but there's some, like, Luke, I am your father level stuff going on. So if if you aren't interested in that kind of thing, if you aren't interested in spoilers, please, please, please take this moment to turn off your your stuff. Turn off this podcast. Go away. I'm going to give you five more seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are in spoiler territory now. We are in let's talk about Star Wars time. I am dumbfounded after having watched this movie. I have, I have, I am sold. I'm, I'm in love with the new characters, the new people they brought on. I was concerned. I was like, ugh. I don't know. I'm gonna like new faces. I love those new faces. Those characters are so well rounded and so fun. You've got Poe, the X-wing fighter guy, who I don't know where he's gonna come in, but he seems to have a Han Solo esque attitude 
which I think we're all going to be really happy about. Ray, amazing female. Like at this point, what we know is we've got a female Jedi on our hands, an actual female Jedi that that is like key to the story, which I was so thankful for. I kind of saw it coming. I was kind of like she's going to end up being the one with the saber. She's going to be the one that matters at the end of this because it just made sense. And and JJ Abrams is big on misdirection. He loves he loves throwing people off so he, they can question things themselves and come in completely surprised and I'm very thankful that I didn't get the movie spoiled for me. Um but she she is awesome. Her character is great. There's some really fun fan theories around her and who her parents were and what what in the world connection she has with the Force and the Skywalkers. Um I was, it was great to see the old cast back, but I'm also very thankful that they were downplayed. They weren't the key to this movie. This movie, in some ways, this movie was a Han Solo movie. It was the movie that we needed for Han, and I'm I'm really I'm really satisfied with the way Han's story came to a close, so to speak. Um, heartbroken, heartbroken in a lot of ways, like this. The the way that happened was pretty pretty intense, and it. I mean, it, I guess we're in spoiler territory, so I can just say it. You know, Han did die. Han died. Ray hit him with his lightsaber, and it was over. Um, and that was. I mean, not Ray. Um, Kylo Ren, the the big bad for this movie. And the funny thing is, Kylo Ren is Han Solo's son. Um, obviously a descendant of Darth Vader. And Leia's son, which leads us to him in the dark side, which is even more heartbreaking. Like, your son goes to the dark side and then kills you. Um, that was pretty intense. So, but the, the the cool stuff is learning a little bit more about stormtroopers and how stormtroopers are brought in from birth um, to be raised in this military. And that, the part that throws me off is Finn, as a stormtrooper, who was actually, his name was FN2374 or something like that. He has a serial number. But... Poe called him Finn. That was that's so that's going to be his name from now on. So that's that was awesome. Those two guys were great together. There was I mean the, the movie was just full of those wisecracks, um, that natural communication that you got from at least from Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. It felt right. George Lucas, I love him. He's a fantastic storyteller, um, to a point, but his scripts fall apart. He with the prequels, I, I don't know what happened. I think he he lost sight of a lot. And that, I mean, he maybe not. Maybe he just wanted to make movies and didn't really care if anybody liked him or not. But when you have something as valued as Star Wars in our culture, you, you really need to give it your all. And J.J. Abrams, man, he gave it his all. Seeing everything as physical sets and real creatures and makeup, that was just, that was incredible. Like, that was incredible. It didn't feel fake. It felt like Star Wars. It felt like a Star Wars from 1977. It might have been the X-Wings. The interfaces weren't updated to look like 2015 Iron Man interfaces. They were all 1970s-looking computer stuff. And that, that keeps that continuity where you want it. And I mean, we kind of, if I had to hash it into one little com- condensed review, it would be like, it's a new hope, but for a new generation. It's it's the same, basically the same story. The Empire has a thing, you got to go destroy the thing, and it, it's, it, it follows along very closely. If you were to mash the original trilogy into this, it's it's basically got all those same hot points. The things I really want to talk about are the fan theories surrounding this. Because we don't know who Ray is. We know at the end of the movie, Ray meets Luke Skywalker for the first time. And Luke has been in exile. So we do get to see Luke, but he is not 
a part of this movie in any way, shape, or form. This is Han Solo's movie. This is Han Solo's movie for us, and it's those kid, the other, the new people's movies for the new kids that are watching it now. That's this. That's their cast. We got our cast, so we get a happy send off, and they get their new stuff. And you know, I'm I'm okay with it. It transitioned really well. The the torch has been handed, and it it went better than I could have even imagined. Um, but we don't know who Ray's parents are. What we do know is that Ray was left on Jakku, a desert planet, which reading the fan theories, this is the coolest thing. So Kylo Ren destroys the new Jedi Order that Luke is trying to build. And then Luke goes into exile because he feels like he, he needs to get away. You know, that his Jedi temple idea failed. He doesn't know how to train people. Somebody went to the dark side, took out everybody, and it's over. Um, so it basically left them in the same state they were in. Very few Jedi after he had tried to train so many. So, he evidently someone leaves Ray, a Force-sensitive person, on this planet for the next however many years. And she ends up getting off of it, and when she arrives at this new green, luscious planet with Han Solo and crew, she finds herself more in tune with the Force. And I thought this was really interesting, that, that she had gone so long on this desert planet... And somebody mentioned that if the force is the life force that flows through everything, that flows through trees, it flows through animals, it flows through whatever, her being on this desert planet is basically a cutoff from the force. It's basically taking her away from anything that could could lead her to believe she's force sensitive. And if you watch the movie, you can actually tell she's got some force sensitivity because she could fly that Millennium Falcon like a boss. And that, mentioning that she never really done it before. But when she gets to this green, luscious planet where this battle occurs... She mentions that she's never seen so much green in her life, and stuff starts happening to her. And I think that's where this title comes from, The Force Awakens. It awakens in Rey. It awakens in her. And she goes off and and has a moment with Luke Luke Skywalker's lightsaber, which is in the basement of this cantina, which is an awesome throwback to A New Hope. And there are a couple things that happen. When she starts hearing children screaming like, no, no, help, whatever, Someone mentioned that that is very likely the this point at which that lightsaber starts gathering this information. So this lightsaber is basically communicating to her what it's been through. Anna can use that lightsaber to kill all the younglings in Episode 3. Killed the younglings. I hate they called them that. All the Jedi kids. They killed all the Jedi kids. And this is them yelling while it's happening. It's like, holy crap, that's terrible. She goes in, she touches the lightsaber, and it takes her to... Big moments in this lightsaber's history, the Cloud City hallway, where Luke was getting ready to approach Vader for the first time. Um, the moments when um, um, my phone buzzed. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a goober, and I can't keep a straight conversation when I know. See, Stephanie left early, so I have to. Okay, good. She made it. So anyway, the uh, she finds herself in different space spots within this, this lightsaber's history. So Kylo Ren is has killed the Jedi. She sees that. She sees Luke tell R2-D2 something, you know? And all the while, she's she's learning about this stuff and finds this lightsaber. And, it, and at one point, she actually hears Obi-Wan, who is actually voiced by Ewan McGregor, which was a shock to everyone, yelling her name. So she is very in tune with the Force, and she's connected in some way to Luke Skywalker. But I think at that point, that's when it really all came to... came. It happened. And uh, the cool alien chick who's the most awesome thing in this. She's so, like, reminded me of Edna Mode from The Incredibles. But she comes down and tells her, you got to let the force in, you know, let it in. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Runs off. 
But, and, you know, we eventually, obviously, she lets the Force in. One thing I'm ticked off about, though, is that we are at the movie theater, and at the main lightsaber fight between Finn and Kylo Ren, the sound cut out for at least two minutes. I was having a panic attack because I didn't know I was going to—I I was like, I'm never going to be able to see this movie again, and if the sound doesn't come back on before something important, this is going to be a bad time. So I got to watch that scene in silence, but it's okay. I'm all right with it. They got it working pretty quickly. But I really need to give a shout-out to my amazing wife who took me to see Star Wars, surprised me. She's been having, she had these tickets for two weeks and surprised me with an event. Like she was like, we're going to go shopping. Ashley and, and Jacob are going to watch the baby. And I was like, okay. And I wasn't excited. I mean, admittedly, I was like, I don't really want to go shopping, but okay, whatever. Cause I'm easy going, you know, you want to go do something. We'll go do it. So she's like, let's go get some lunch. We'll go to witch, witch or something. I was like, I'd love to go to witch, witch. It sounds great. So we park and we're walking to Witch Witch and I'm I'm following her because she's in a hurry for whatever reason. I can't figure out why. She's like she's like running and like she's like, I'm hungry. I was like, okay, well I'm going. And then I stop. She walks by the Witch Witch door and I open it up to to let her go in. I'm like, hey, the, it's right here, honey. And she goes, I thought we'd go see Star Wars instead. And I was like, wait, what? It blew my mind. It took me five minutes to wrap my head around the fact that I was about to see Star Wars. I had no idea. She's an amazing human being can't believe she did that for me for me i don't i'm i'm just a random guy but man like i've got a lot of star wars theories i really need somebody to talk about with it um and oh my baby's waking up anyway so we're gonna call this show you guys um thank you so much for hanging out with me for listening to this thing we we're this we're gonna do some good things moving on with this show i'm, I'm gonna put it on youtube we're gonna have a blast so if you know what if you're a fan Tell other people about it. I hope you've enjoyed. <laughs> Got this grumpy baby grumping. So have have yourself a wonderful week. I'm going to get my son out of his swing, and we're going to go to church in a minute. Love you guys. Bye.